This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are happy to have you along with us for this journey into beer this week. And I'm happy to be here. Next week I'll be in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> Next week in like three days you'll be in Italy. Oh, yeah. From when we're recording this. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. But we got another one ready to go, so there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, uh, this week we are doing beers, which is wonderful, and we're just doing beers we like to drink. Now, Dad, what beer did you bring, and what are your pairings? Oh, I brought Rocheford, number 10, and I also have some baked Canterbury, and I got some secret ingredients that I'll go over later in that, and then I have a Belgian-style beef stew, and I'll tell you the Belgian name of it when it comes my turn. And then I have French fries. And there's a great story about French fries that the Belgian people tell. And it's got their own name. And if you'll notice on the plate, there's mayonnaise. Because that's what they do. Not just them. It's becoming quite popular in the U.S. Oh, yeah. Do mayonnaise. Well, the first time I saw it was the first time we went to Norway. And I'm going, what? Yeah, that's pretty. uh, And then I asked for their ketchup and it was like water. So I I got it. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So what do you have, Josh? I have from Shiner Brewing, I have their Strawberry Blonde beer. It's that time of year where strawberries are coming into season and strawberry beers are coming as well. Do you think they, well, now Shiner Box is Texas, right? It's Texas, yeah. So I don't think those are Arkansas strawberry. Well, but of course that's, not. <laughs> but that's okay. Ours are the best in the world. In they are. Opinion. They are. They're very good. I tried to find some for today's episode, but just didn't have time to get out to Cabot to, That's right. to get some. And my pairings this week are I have some popcorn with butter and Gates spice rub. I have a burger called the Southwest Burger that has shoestring onions on it. We've ha- I've had it on the show before. And then some bursola. And I will get into the uh, the theory behind my pairings as we... As we move along. And I'll do the same thing. Where's my turn? All right. Now, before we jump in, we got to talk about last week's wine blind. Yes. So I blinded you on a red wine. And it was, I think it was maybe extra tough because last week we were doing Italian white wines. So then that was like a switch. Mm -hmm. And those white wines are like 12.5% ABV. I don't know what this wine was, but it definitely was more than that. Mm-hmm. Probably about 13 and a half, something like that. Okay. And uh, do you remember what you said it was? I honestly don't. Well, I do. I wrote it down so that you couldn't lie to me. You said it was New World. And then I asked the question, now, what made you think it was New World? And you go, okay, it's Old World, and uh, that's that. And I go, no, 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 I'm just asking well, and then you said, you got back to your business, and you said, New World. You said, I don't think it's U.S. So you said it was a Chilean cab, and you even went to the date of 2020. Well, it was Old World. It was Italian, 2021. And I, I don't read Italian very well, and I wrote it all down, but it's uh, Prometeo di Maduro. So Primitivo. Okay. Which is similar to an American Zinfandel. Yeah, it's the Primitivo is what Italians call Zinfandel. Okay. 
And so, I don't know, um, that had to be tough. That had to be tough, going from white to red, and then trying to figure I never have figured out how you go from figure out old world, new world. You told me. You've told me a million times. But I'm tasting it, and I go, well, it's yeah, it's fruity. Yeah, it's got, yeah. It's, Some yeah, of it has yeah. to do with the structure, yeah. like the higher alcohol, the right. less acidity. That, But that grape is going to produce, you know, higher alcohol because it just comes to ripening better. Well, and I think with global warming, we're getting higher alcohol wines too. Well, and that's that okay, so that's a, that's a whole discussion for, for another wine, day for another right. for <laughs> another wine podcast because there's a lot of that goes into that. Um, but we are in beer world. Okay. So we're going to be starting off with my beer this week. Uh, once again, my beer is the Shiner Strawberry Blonde, and my pairings are I have some popcorn with butter and Gates Rub. I have a burger um, that has some shoestring onions on it, and then I have some Bursola. Okay. So all things we've had before. Now, Shiner is actually not the name of the brewery. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. So Shiner beers are made out of spetzel brewery so spetzel brewery originally started as the shiner brewing association it's in located in shiner texas that's kind of where they get the shiner from is its history of having of being in shiner so they started out as shiner specialty beers and now they're shiner brewery Mm -hmm. and this beer is a strawberry blonde. So it is a blonde ale that they add strawberry to. And definitely on the nose. I've actually nosed and tasted it. But nosing it, you're looking at this blonde beer and you're going, well, where's the strawberry? Well, as soon as you put your nose up to the glass, you find the strawberry. Right. It's just like strawberry forward. And then when you take a little sip, bing, strawberry. Yeah, it's... It's a lovely beer. I love I love strawberries, so I love strawberry beers. And especially when they're well made. Shiner is one of the ones that does it really well. Abita yeah. out of out of Louisiana is another brewery that does strawberry ales really well. And you know, we're just when we're recording this, we're just getting into the very beginning of Arkansas strawberry season. Which means in Texas, they're about halfway through theirs. Mm. So Shiner actually uses real strawberries in the brewing, as well as added flavor on top of it. You know, they've, they've been brewing in Spetzl, at Spetzel since 1909. Right. Quite a while. Which, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a long time. It was founded by a group of German and Czech immigrants who settled around Shiner, Texas. Mm-hmm. And they were, basically, they did this because they couldn't find the beer they wanted. They're like, hey, we don't have any of our styles of beer, so let's let's go ahead and brew them. And they came together and did it kind of as a conglomerate rather than their own their own way. That's kind of like Diamond Bear. I mean, that was his story, too. Yeah. He couldn't find the beer he wanted, and he started his brewery. Oh, yeah. And... So I bet that goes around a lot of places. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of like the heritage of beer in America is it's following the Bavarians or the mm-hmm. German and Czech mm-hmm. immigrants. Right. And they want to make it. They want to make their own. So like I said, they started back in, in 1909. 
is when they started doing it. And one of the things that they kind of brewed first were traditional Linton Bach beer. And they kind of served them around around Galveston and those sorts of areas and it kind of, you know, started to become very popular. You know, probably the most iconic beer from them is the Shiner Bach, which is their oh, Doppelbach. Yeah. yeah. Which is a fantastic representation of Shiner, of a Doppelbach beer. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of the ones that I put up there as a, a benchmark for how good of a, a Doppelbach is. When I go to Flying Fish, that's the beer I always get. Yeah. It's great beer, easy drinking, you know, solid, not going to change, kind of middle of the road. But this one is one of their their seasonal beer. Right. They only do it in the spring because that's when strawberries are available. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love it. Now, my pairings. So, here's here's what I did. Okay, I was getting ready to ask a question. I'll, I'll hold off a little. So I said today, "What beer do I want to drink today?" And then today I said, "You decided." I just I decided today. Okay. And then I said, "Okay, I'm gonna do an eat what you like, drink what you like tape hmm? tape." So I said, "What do I want right now?" And I was like, "Popcorn sounds really good. I want a little bit of spiciness to it." So I added Gates Gates rub to it, which is a fun little twist. And then I was like, oh, that uh, Smokehouse Burger from Big Orange sounds really good. And then I popped into to Ham and was like, oh, they have some Bersola. That sounds good. So it really is. I did not pick the food to match the beer. This is really an eat what you like, drink what you like plate. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. So you've been snacking along. Well, what- I, the question I was going to ask is why did you put the gates on there? And I think you answered it because you said. You wanted some spice. Yeah. Which is unusual for popcorn. Now, I think I said this last, or whenever we were talking about the smoking gun, you know, I've got the glass top smoker, but the smoking gun, you could have taken your saran wrap, put it over this popcorn, taken your smoking gun hose and put it under there, and you could have smoked smoked this popcorn. Could have. But we don't have that. We don't have the smoking gun. Right. But I bet we could... I bet we could figure out a you way. You are all into that smoker. <laughs> I love it. I love. Well, you know, I had that cocktail last night. Okay, back to beer. Back to beer. Okay, so I've had the popcorn, and as a pairing, it's, you know, I could just sit here and drink that beer and watch TV or, or watch a movie or do, you know, mm-hmm. stream some stuff, sound, have some music, and I'd be happy as clam. Yeah. Now, what's the, what's the ABV on this beer? 4.3. Oh, smashable. Yeah. Crushable. Totally just kind of sit back and drink. Mm-hmm. But the strawberry is really, really good. Yeah. And they actually, like I said, the strawberries are actually Texas strawberries. Well, nothing. Hmm? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I think it's great that they're using that local kind of, that the local thing to to keep their beer going. Mm-hmm. And they're really, I mean, it's really cool how they kind of have that storied past. And then, you know, they kind of, they during Prohibition, you know, since Prohibition is, you know, dumb. The brewery was kept. Bad experiment. Was, the brewery was kept. It uh, 13 years. Yeah. The brewery was kept, a clo- was kept afloat by selling ice. 
and making near beer. You ever heard of near beer? Yeah. It's not alcoholic or a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I think you can have up to... F- 1%. 1% or a half a percent. Yeah, definitely a half percent. That's probably right. And so they made near beer and sold ice. Mm-hmm. So that kept them afloat, huh? Yep. Well, I tried the Bashola. And, uh, you know, it's a comfort food. Mm-hmm. Just like your whole plate probably is. But the texture of it and the mouthfeel of this beer, to me, they don't quite go together. Not that I won't just sit here and chow down. Right. But if I was going to... You can dissect course, it. It's fine. Of course, the mouth mouthfeel of the popcorn and the beer really don't match either. But, you know, it's just like that's more of a comfort thing to me is the popcorn and the beer. Right. Well, I think the Bersola, you know, has a little bit of a peppery bite to it uh-huh. from how it's cured. And like you said, it's really, it's dried. Mm-hmm. So you have that that you have to work against. But I think the beer really just kind of washes over it all and just kind of resets your palate. Really? Yeah. You know, there's no, I don't know what the residual sugar level on this. It doesn't have anything about the IBUs, but the IBUs are single digits, maybe 10, 15 at most. Right. That would make sense. But I think it's that really light, kind of washes over your palate and then just kind of gets you ready for what's next. Exactly. I mean, I'm I'm almost halfway done with mine. Well, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Shiner does a lot of other beers too, you know. They're they're known for their Shiner Bach. Mhm. They do have a Spetzel, I think they call it like a Spetzel Premium or the Shiner Cosmos, which is one of their I one of their high ABV releases that was a American style pale. So it's high ABV, not IBU. Well, yeah, but it would have been for a pale ale or excuse me, a pale lager. It's going to have a little bit more of the hops. Oh, okay. They do, um, a Schwartz beer that's year round. A lot of people really love the Ruby Redbird. It's basically their take on a, Radler. So it has grapefruit and ginger. It just used to be a, a summer seasonal, but they brought it back for a long, for kind of to be year round. They do a Belgian white mm-hmm. cheer, the holiday cheer. Like they do a lot of beers and they're, a lot of them are pretty well known. The one that's really interesting to me, and I usually don't get it because I kind of miss it, is the prickly pear. Mm. So for those of you who may not know, a prickly pear is a fruit that grows on a cactus. It grows on prickly pear cactuses. And it's a kind of a pinkish red fruit that grows there. And uh, you pick it off and they add it into their into their mix with just their standard their standard beer. And it's really it's pretty dang good. Well, remind me of the profile, because I've had it, but I'm trying to remember the, the so taste profile. Prickly pear is like, it's like a mixed, it's almost like a mixed berry pear flavor. Okay. Um, but really light, kind of watery in flavor, because it is a byproduct from a cactus. Uh-huh. 
And again, they could only make that probably seasonally. I mean, the mm-hmm. cactuses are only going to have those, I guess, in the late, late winter. Late, yeah, I was going to say late summer when they come out. Yeah. So I saw you eat some of the burger. That's chompable. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a smashable and a chompable, or a crushable and a smashable, or whatever. You know, we could just sit here and eat the sandwich and be happy. So. You got some real good comfort food. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I, I liked what you, I liked what you did, and I like that you're breaking them down because I really just said, "What do I want?" Okay, and I put it together because I've never done that before. It's like this is what I want right now, and t- so to me, everything tastes good together because it's literally what, what I want. You wanted, yeah. So that's why I like. I really appreciate you kind of going and dissecting them a little bit more, and. Because that's not, this is not for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is not, like, this This was not paired for the beer, it was paired for me. Okay. And so if something's not good, I mean, it's not going to hurt my feelers if you say so. Well, because it's good to you. Yeah. Where'd you get, uh, the big orange is where you got the sandwich? Uh-huh. Yeah, we've definitely had that on the show before. Yeah. And those shoestring onions. You just don't think of that to put on a sandwich. You know, you think maybe a big old slice of an onion, or you or you think of maybe some caramelized, but the shoestring fried onions is kind of their specialty, I guess. You don't really see that very often, or at least I don't. And I really like it. It's got that it's got that saltiness, it's got that oiliness, and then the beer, you know, is so light, it just goes right with it it just washes it down you know it's not going to conflict does it enhance it anyway well there's there's not really any salinity in the beer and the strawberry it's not like there's a big old fat strawberry on the sandwich because there's not enough strawberry flavor to do that i would say it doesn't enhance it it just lets it be okay and that's what you wanted. You wanted the sandwich and the beer to be. Well, I didn't really care. Well, <laughs> to be well honest, okay. I really just wanted to eat some burger and yeah. wanted to drink some beer. Okay. And this is the beer I wanted to drink, and that was the okay. burger I wanted to eat. All right. Now, have you ever been to Shiner Mm-mm. or Spetzel? No, it sounds like a good road trip, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how far away it is, but. Well, which, which side of Oklahoma City is it? I don't know. It's in Texas. Oh, duh. Which side of I meant Dallas? <laughs> it looks like it's between the Dallas Metroplex and Houston. Oh, that would be a long drive. Uh, five hours? Six hours? I don't know. More than my Tesla going more. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a two-day yeah. trip at least for you. But yeah, so to me, the burger, like, it just goes well. You know, if I am dissecting it, you're right. I mean, the beer doesn't really add anything. To me, the biggest thing that the beer does is calms any kind of peppery bite mm-hmm. that's there. Mm-hmm. The sweetness of the onions go with the sweetness of the beer. Right. But it's not, like, it's not spectacular as, a, as an individual pairing. But it fits what I want. Which How are you going to decide best on plate? Because all three of them is what you want. I don't know. That's gonna <laughs> that's gonna be my dilemma while we're drinking your Trappist beer. Yeah, 
I don't really have much more about Shiner or uh, the beer itself. Now, there are some really good strawberry beers out there. Abita, is, to me, is another one that stands out. A lot of the good ones are coming from Southern breweries because they get really good local strawberries. Mm-hmm. And you kind of find them in waves. Like, you find Abita's, Shiner's mm-hmm. are going to come out first. Yeah. And then you'll find the ones that are coming from around us. I think Kansas City does one. I think Boulevard might do one. I don't know. They're kind of really localized. Does Diamond Bear still do? Yeah. Yeah, they call it the Little Red. I get so confused now that they've (laughs) rebranded. Yeah. It used to be called Southern Southern Blonde. No. No, I mean, uh, Strawberry Blonde. It used to be called Strawberry Blonde, but now they call it the Little Red. Okay. Based off the Little Red River. Yeah. I think it'll be excited. I mean, I'm excited to see if anybody else does one around here. Sometimes you'll get people that'll do it. Sometimes forty are they doing one? Sometimes they'll add, they'll do something with their second rodeo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just a puree ad, like at bar. Yeah, so it's not really a canned, right? One or they don't brew anything special. I would hope Flywood does one, but I don't think they they usually don't. Right. This would be a fun. I think strawberry would lend itself to a Sasan beer really easily. Oh, absolutely. We haven't. Have we? Yeah, we did. I didn't. I we know. haven't done a Sasan episode. No, we haven't. But That's we've something had we Sasan. probably ought to do. I know I've done Sasan Dupont before. Yeah, I think that was my first time we did Belgian beers. Right, that one. And I, I may have done this Travis Rose one. Uh, <laughs> you haven't done this one. Yeah. But here's the thing about this episode: it didn't even matter if we had done it before because it's not about. It's not about that. The theme is drinking what you want. Right. Well. Why don't, is there anything else you, well, I'm out, have about Shiner or strawberry beers? Did you ever make one? No, I didn't. Because when I was doing beer, most of the time, I did beer down here, but most of the time I was doing beer in Kansas City. And strawberry never really entered my mind. And I told the story about the the cherry stout I made. Yeah. Where the bottles blew up. (laughs) And so... That uh, kind of pushed me away from doing fruit. Now, there was a, there was a guy that uh, in the brew club, well, we really weren't a brew club, but we always got together and talked about it. He would he did a kiwi beer, and it was really good, amazingly. Wow. But no, I never did strawberry. And I can't remember if there was any of the guys that did. That's hmm. weird. Interesting. Yeah. Well, okay. All my, right. My beer, we're, we're shifting, right? Yep, let's go. My beer is the Rochford 10. And what the 10 represent. Before you do that, tell us what your pairings are. Oh, my pairings. Okay. The baked Canabera. Now, you'll notice, Josh, what I did is this time I didn't put it into the pastry and do it that way. This time I just cooked it in the box. Oh. And I sliced it. Both directions, horizontal, vertical, like half inch. This may weird you out when I tell you, but it's got prunes. And I'll explain that later. Okay. And I also used the hazelnut honey. Oh, okay. And I'll explain that later. And then I have a Belgian-style beef stew. And really, the 
Belgian beef stew is carbonata flamata. And I did not go to the effort of starting from scratch. Cut to the chase. And I hope it's good. It's good for me. I tried it. Joanne tried it. She helped me a little bit with it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's different. It's going to be different. So be aware. And then I have French fries. In Belgium, they call them Nornophone Fry or Fret. And I've got a good story about that. And I already said there's mayonnaise on the plate. Okay. So the Rochefort tin represents the specific gravity number at the beginning. And its specific gravity is measured you know, the density kind of, of, of the liquid. Well, this, this bad boy is 1.100. The six is 1.060 and the eight is 1.080. So this is the highest specific gravity beer that they make. Okay. Which means it's ABV is 11.3. Wow. So it is up there. And so be aware. But the IBUs, Josh, 27. Makes sense. And you're not really getting IBUs from hops per se. And we can talk about that as we start tasting. So I love this beer. <laughs> it's. Do you remember the first time you had it? I think when I turned 50 is the first time I had it. And. Joanne had this surprise birthday party for me, and people were supposed to bring beer. Okay. And everybody, you know, some people were bringing a six-pack of, you know, maybe Shiner, but somebody brought, and it probably wasn't the 10, but I had, I probably had the eight, because it's, you know, these are hard to find. Mm-hmm. So, have you snozed it? I have. Very rich, malty nose. Very deep dark fruit like a lot of dry dark fruit okay on it have you tasted it to know what dry fruit you're getting this is the strange thing when i taste it i get a little bit of prune i can i can see that it has and, that and i get a le- some dates mm-hmm. okay and then you know on the on the back end and i get you know kind of this leathery leathery taste yeah okay? So, to me, this would be a great cigar beer. Oh, yeah. But I tell you what, I get lightheaded with a cigar and lightheaded with 11.3. I better sit there a while. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely, definitely take your time. I want the bacon wrap dates from uh, Pantry. Yeah. That'd be really good. With this? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I started to do that, but I I didn't. (laughs) But this... This Abbey is, um, you know, in the town of Rushford, and it's the Abbey of Notre Dame de Saint Remy. I never heard the full name. Had you? Nope. And in 1230, the Count of Rushford founded this monastery, and it was for nuns. And then... So it was a nunnery. It was. (laughs) Yeah. And then in 1466, another another man, he ordered the nuns to get out. <laughs> and so then the monks came in. 
But they've had a very trying time in this abbey because of, you know, because of a plague in the 17th century. And then there was an invasion of the abbey. And then the French Revolution hit. And they actually had to close their doors. And then people came in and and literally destroyed it. Yeah. And they had to come back in 1887 to rebuild it. Now, one of the other, one of the really other interesting cases was when they, when they finally started making beer again, and this was in, right after World War II, I think it was, their beer wasn't any good. Really? And Chimay, who's another Trappist. Like the Trappist that everybody knows. Well, if you go on, uh, you know, one of those uh, ratebeer.coms or whatever, theirs will show up a hundred. Yeah. The The blue. blue, The blue. And this one will show up like 99, 98, 97, something. Yeah. But when they started making it for that, after all that duration, it wasn't any good. So Jamae came in there and and whipped them into shape. <laughs> the brothers came. Well, the you know, I think the brotherhood didn't want a beer from another brotherhood out on the market. That was bad. That was bad. Right. And this is the only way they make their money. Besides, they do take donations. Well, yeah. But, but this is they, a large portion of their but they yearly sell budget. the beer to make their money, and what? And then they, when they have enough money to live on, the rest of it goes to charity. So, that's the story of the beer. Now, the story on my pairings is I wanted to pair food that would I think would go with this beer and some of it of the tradition of the beer. Now, a Stilson cheese would probably be a better choice on a cheese. What do you think? I think this is really like this is a really good pairing. The the baked camembert with everything you did to it is actually a very good pairing for this because camembert has a natural funk to it. And the the baking kind of did softens get, that a little bit. Do you get any prunes? I don't know if you let me go through it, I can tell you. <laughs> okay. But Sorry. then there's that that sweetness that runs through from the prunes and the honey that you put on there and the and the chestnut honey is a weird honey because it's really woody and all that kind of comes together is in the butteriness of the camembert from the style of cheese that it is goes really well with the beer like as you can see i've drank quite a bit of it already and it's because that camembert goes really well and cleanses out the palate and just lets you have more, and it tastes really good together. That you just want to have more. I'm over here chomping. <laughs> it's really good. What about you? Yeah, I mean that's that's. I was hoping that was going to work. Out of out of the times that you've done baked camembert or baked brie, this is the best match. Oh, so okay. Far. And I and I think it's the honey. I think it's that little bit of like earthy, weird mommy that. With the butteriness of the camembert, it matches that light funk that's left over after it's baked. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like the prune was a it, the prune was a fun addition. It go it does match well, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It gets power. lost. It gets yeah. lost. To me, it, the prune flavor gets lost in the beer. Well, I was afraid to put too much. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to stop for bathroom break. No. <laughs> well. But I think I think that's a really that's a really really good pairing, and I didn't put it on bread. I just ate it. Yeah, I just ate it as is, and it's really good. What do you think before well, you I, get a, before you get a second I'm, bite? I'm chomping away because I like it too. I mean, I knew I'd like the cheese by itself, but that I think is more the honey. We did an episode with something, and I put the honey on there, and it did not work. I no, it killed it killed. I me. can't remember what it was. I, I can't either, but it, I rem- well, all I remember a, is you put too good, much honey on there. Well, I didn't put that much. No, either that, time. Oh. I mean, there's not even a teaspoon on this. Yeah, the last time there was a lot. So there is a, some sort of nuttiness within this beer. Definitely earthiness from it. Yeah, I. so if you want to talk about the, the nut profile here, I'm getting more of like the oilier nuts so like brazil nut mm-hmm. kind of cashew mm-hmm. definitely roasted mm-hmm. those are the kind of flavors that are coming out but they're very tertiary what leads the charge here is that that sweet dried earthy style fruit and there's like that's what leads the charge in this beer it's interesting that we both have beers that are leading with fruit flavors. Yeah. But in a very different way. Oh, very different. And your beer has no fruit in it. Oh, no. But where does, you know, I don't really smell fruit when you give it that nose, but you definitely get sweetness of fruits in it. And then the texture of it is sort of silky, but then again, it's kind of syrupy. I mean, that first sip you taste, it's like, oh, this is silky. And then you take another one, and it's like, oh, it's syrupy. It kind of gives you more mouthfeel all of a sudden. Right. It's like thinned out honey. Oh, yeah. It's well, kind of that's the, why kind I, wanted the texture see, works. I wanted to see how the honey would work. All right. Tell us about the stew. Okay. This Belgium stew is is like a comfort dish, and the recipe does you know it's like a three-hour recipe you know an hour to put it together onions a lot of beef beer so you need to put a a good travis beer in it so i'll put the abbey 12 in it that uh saint bernard saint bernard's 12 and uh then it asks it tells you to put in some apple cider vinegar so so you then you got the beer you got the sour and then it says, "Oh, let's let's put some brown sugar in there." So you get oh. this combination of beer flavor, sour flavor, and sweetness, and it's a stew. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned earlier that you cheated. Yes. Tell me how you cheated. Anymore. Can started with a can stew. Yeah. Didn't anymore. Okay. What happened? So. It's good. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried it with a beer yet because I'm so f- fascinated with the stew. Because it's very, 
It's very sweet, but it's very sharp sweet. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was reminding me of something, and what it reminds me of is very good caramelized onions. That's and, what I did. And it reminds me of French onions, too. Okay, well, see, I, I caramelized some onions, which the, the stew didn't have in the can. So that's the first thing I did. And I chopped those up because that's part of that recipe. You ought to look, pull up the recipe and you see. And then, which, you know, the stew didn't have that, so you had to add it. So the ads that I did for the stew was the caramelized onions, the beer, the, the apple cider vinegar, and the brown sugar. How much vinegar did you put in? Not much at all. Okay. Like the can is maybe a 12-ounce can. I think there was one and a half tablespoons. And then for the beer, it's probably five tablespoons of the beer. And then of the brown sugar, you know, I'm just grabbing pinches. But it's probably, total, it was probably a tablespoon and a half. So, folks, if you cheat this at home, <laughs> Josh's opinion is leave out the sugar. Oh, okay. And if you want to add some depth to it with some like deep sweetness, maybe a little bit of molasses. It's really good. Like, don't get me wrong. It's really good. It goes well with the beer because that high sweetness, and there's just enough, there's just enough apple cider vinegar in there that's giving it a sharp edge, which is really helping. Mm-hmm. If it didn't have that sharp edge, it would have gone flat. Yeah. But for me, it's a little bit sweet. But it's good with the beer. The sweetness jumps over the beer a little bit. Mm-hmm. The beer plays a very... The beer is not sweet. No, but to me, so if this is like an orchestra, the beer is playing like the tuba and the um, string bass roll. And like oh, yeah. That really bottom note. Bottom notes. Oh, yeah. And the soups, the, the stews, the rest of the orchestra. Well, and what you're saying is there's too much sweetness, so there's too many piccolos. <laughs> yeah. Or, or there, 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 or are a lot or of, there are a lot of woodwinds and a lot of high stringed instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a, like, but the soup has those middle tones in it. It's just being overpowered a little bit by the, by the sweetness, but it doesn't kill the beer. The beer's still there when you have it. Now, I, <laughs> what I have been doing that I really like is I've been dipping the French fries in the stew. Oh, yeah? I, I knew you wouldn't do the mayonnaise. <laughs> no. Mayonnaise is gross to me. It's, it's egg yolks and oil. It's something yellow that ends up turning white. It's, it's strange to me. It's, anyway. But I understand why people do it. But for me, the potato, the, the French fry works well with the beer because it's a contrast in flavors. Potato's very silky, very earthy. The beer is on the sweeter side, but they have that mashing of kind of the undertone. But I'm telling you, when you dip it in that stew, it's really, really good. It's really good. <laughs> have, you, have you had, what do you think of the stew? Oh, I love this. And the beer. I mean, I, I kept tasting it to, to met. Yeah, to match the beer. But 
What do you I'll think agree of the pairing? With, I'll agree with you that maybe the sweetness is a little high. Okay, but what do you think of the pairing of them two? Like, how, do, how does it play for you? I've talked a lot about how it does for me, and you haven't well, really said I, much. I've, it's a good pairing. And I, well, I'm sure if I'd have spent the three hours to make the stew the way it was, you know, the recipe called for, it, it would have been better. Because any time you do this shortcut like I did, you're really at a loss because you're looking at the recipe for six people. Yeah. And you're trying to cut cut it down in your mind and say, instead of a cup of beer, what am I cutting it down to because I got a 10-ounce can. Right. Or 12-ounce can, whatever that is. So, but, but do you like the pairing? Yes. What do you like about it? I like the difference that this stew is compared to a normal, like an American stew. Okay. Because of the beer, because of the the vinegar mm-hmm. that's in it, that tartness, and, you know, those caramelized onions that you don't have in a normal stew. To me, that's all pluses. Mm-hmm. And then with the beer, it... With the beer, it just adds together. Well, you you, you already said what you think. Yeah. I haven't tried the haven't tried the French fries yet. So, what's the story behind the French fries? So the story goes that Belgium claims that they are the originator of French fries, and the reason they say that is because there was there was this one town. It was a fishing town. And when that river froze, the people would go down and instead of cooking their fish, they would go down and fry potatoes. And they claimed that they did it back in 1680. And so they told the French, we're really the inventor of French fries. (laughs) And of course, the French fries go, the French go, no. The potatoes never showed up in in Belgium until 1739 or something. (laughs) But fighting over food culture. Well, well, the interesting thing is, you know, potatoes are indigenous to South America. Yeah. As well. Yeah. I wonder if they, when they started cutting up and frying potatoes. Well, that's a good question. They're probably long. I don't know. I don't know if it's long. I don't know. Oil Oil would be the interesting thing. Well, and then another interesting thing was when the French decided that they wouldn't back the United States in the Iran War, we started calling French fries Freedom Freedom Fries. fries. (laughs) I remember that. That was so, what was it? It was uh, Freedom Fries and it was something else. Sauerkraut. They they tried to change the name of Sauerkraut too, didn't they? I don't remember that. Because the Germans didn't help. Germans weren't going to help us, so they're like, I can't remember what. I think they just like tried to call it cabbage slaw or something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like they were just like, no, blah blah blah, which is dumb. But I like the French fries, and so the theory behind mayonnaise. But you put them in the. I did in the stew. Okay. So the theory behind French fries and mayonnaise is mayonnaise is fat. It is literally suspended fat, and. What cuts through fat is fried things. Right. And so fried potatoes and fat go really, really well together, which makes 
complete sense. Mm-hmm. And the salt that goes through it, I am just not a fan of mayonnaise. Like, I don't even want to put mayonnaise on my grilled cheese sandwich to get that extra crispy. Uh, Joanne won't either. <laughs> but I kind of like, like it. It's one of those, like, I know I can't taste it. I know I probably couldn't taste the grilled cheese, but I just it's just one of those mental blocks. How is how is it as a parent? You know, I've I've grown to like it just because you know I've been places where that's what you get, and I think I already said, I know I already said, well, the first place I asked for the uh, ketchup and get this <laughs> thin tomato, and not paste but just water. It's like okay, and in some places they do mustard. Uh huh. So I kind of like that sometimes too. But as far as a pairing, you know, the the French fries is more a comfort thing to go with the stew. To me, yeah. And just to put the mayonnaise on there, just to do the tradition of the of the Belgians. And there's I've got one more story about the about the Abbey. You know. What's typically the most important part of your beer? It's the water. Yep. So the water, they, you know, this water that they're getting, I don't know if it happens on all Trappist abbeys or locations, but this water well is actually on the property. Oh, wow. So when they were deciding where they wanted to put the abbey, they thought, oh, it would really be nice to have the abbey up in the mountains where they could see for miles and all this. And then they thought, wait a minute, we're going to do beer. Where's the water going to come from? If they were going to have to drill for a well, it'd be (laughs) forever. So that's when they moved down to this valley. Well, I don't know the rest of the story, but they have a well, and they actually gave it a name, and its name is La Trendia, or Trendia. I don't know what that means in Belgium, but that water has its, you know, its alkalines or its whatever. Uh-huh that is very crucial for this beer well you know big business wants to drill in the vicinity down into the aquifer which would mess up probably their water their well yeah but big business says oh well we'll just drill down we'll we'll send you the water from this other location now i don't know the rest of the story like i said because this report I'm reading came out in 2019, and it's 2023, so I don't know what's going on. But one of the things the story says, and this is true as a home brewer, you can take distilled water, and you can put into that distilled water whatever you need to make it taste like water from Pennsylvania, or the Texas, or to wherever. And so the Abbey could do that, but that wouldn't be the same. Everybody would be going, wait a minute, that's not real. 
Yeah. And it's not. So they brew about uh, 42,000 hectoliters of beer. That sounds like a lot, but Jamae does over 200,000. Yeah. So this is a small, you know, it's a small abbey because there's only like 60, 50 to 60 monks there. So I really like this beer. Yeah, it's really good. I'm having a hard time, like, just not downing it. And I don't know I need not to because it's, you know, 11%. Well, I got I got two more, Josh. I got two more what? Beers? Two more beers. <laughs> no, we don't need them today. They're not, they're not cold. We don't need them during the recording because <laughs> you still got a blind to do. Uh-oh. So what is, are we ready for best on plate? I just want to say, I just did what you did. And? I put that French fry in that stew. That's best on plate. <laughs> Wait a minute, it can be. Uh, it can be. Hmm. Why not? No. So are you be- ready for best on plate? Uh, I am if you are. Okay. Let's go for it. All right. Well, let's uh, start on my plate. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Popcorn. Okay. Why the popcorn? So you did this thing of what you wanted to eat with your beer. To me, and I think I said this earlier, I could just sit there with your beer and that popcorn and you spiced it up and the strawberry of the popcorn, strawberry of the beer and the spice of the popcorn went so well that, like I said, I could just sit there and watch the movie or just turn the music on and just have some beers and have some popcorn. Yeah. You know, the popcorn, I I think I'm going to have to agree with you that the popcorn was the best. Now, the now, sandwich was awfully good. Very close second was that burger. Yeah. The burger was very, very good. But kind of like you said, uh, like this is just kind of a sitting around, hanging out kind of thing exactly. that I was feeling. Now, burgers and beer are awesome. It's like it's it's just minusculely different. Bersola was great, a little bit too peppery. Yeah. For me, but still fit the bill because it was delicious. So, I, uh, the Bersola was a real good idea because I, I mean, it's one of those things you really love. Yeah. And I love it too, but the but the pepperiness of it and that that beer just didn't quite make it. Yeah. Okay, best on my plate, what do you have? The camembert. Why? So, the butteriness of the camembert matched so well with the beer and that just that little bit of funky honey completed the beer to me. It's just, it was really, really good. Like, I I don't always care for camembert, but that was amazing. I had to try the stew again. Yeah. But I'm going to go with the Canterbury too. And I think it's exactly what you said. I don't know that, I don't know the prunes did anything. But there, there was, yeah, it was there. But it was the, it was that funkiness of that honey. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can get that. I don't know how local that honey is to where we might be going this time. Yeah. You know, last time we got it between Gavisiano and uh, Florence. But there's, you know, it's probably an opportunity to find it 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'll definitely. look for it. But yeah, I, that Canterbury, and I didn't know you could cook it in the in, just in the box. I didn't, I didn't know that either. I don't know that my box is uh, wooden, but it upheld it held up to it. Yeah, and it says not you know you don't want to cook it very long. Right. So that's my my best on plate as well. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I will go ahead and get you a blind poured up to taste through. All right. I'm ready. Pour it up. All right. So, Dad, you've got yourself a little blind poured up. Go ahead and let us know what it is. Okay. It's got a white head, and it's a pretty good head. So you just poured them, right? I sure did. And uh, color-wise, um, it's like a golden Golden tan, beautiful beer with a little swirl. It just hangs in there. You know, I like that when that happens. You know, when yep. you poured the Rushford, it, it had a huge head. <laughs> but these are small bubbles. Smell-wise, it's that uh, allergy season, yellow pollen, so I'm not sure what I can smell. I'm not getting much. Maybe some... Like light bread. I don't get any fruit. I don't get much alcohol. Of course, how could I after drinking one of 11? <laughs> yeah, it does kind of skew you a little bit. So, I'm betting it's over yours. Yours was four, four two or something. Four two. All right, I'm going to give it a taste. Okie dokie. Here we go. Hmm. That's interesting, Josh. Yeah. Like, taste it. And I get a little taste, and then boom, it's gone. You know, the finish on the Rushford was pretty long, but this is like almost instantaneous. I don't get it. So, hoppiness is very low. And actually, malt seems to be low. It's um, it's a good beer, though. So I'll I'll tell you this one thing. Okay, one thing. It is coming from a nitro draft. Oh, okay. So that's why that head's hanging in there. I presume. Mm-hmm. Nitro draft can. Hmm. Okay, it's that nitro Irish stout. No. <laughs> no. No, it's the wrong color. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's not a stout color. It's maybe a pale ale kind of color. Um, you know, it's not the Bud Light color or any of those kind of color. So I, I can rule out probably stouts and porters. Mm-hmm. So we're down to... I don't get enough to say it's a red, though. Let me taste it again. Mm. it's got some really good sweetness I don't really I get maybe some lemon peel this is wrong okay I'll give you another hint uh oh this beer comes from and is popular within the two British Isles somewhere British Isles Mm mm-hmm so Ireland, this this beer is popular in the British Isle, and it comes from the British Isle. 
somewhere. You said Ireland. I'm telling you to not think about Ireland. <laughs> oh. The British Islands. British mm. Isles. There's two countries that make beer there. You know, I never really concentrate on that. British Isles. What two countries are there? Well, three, technically, but... Well, Scotland, Ireland, Wales. Okay. What styles are they known for? Well, um, what do they do there? They do wits. They do um, heavies, but this doesn't seem to be like a heavy. So Is there I another type of heavy that that's from there? Um, Is it a little heavy? A wee heavy? <laughs> Is it a little heavy? That's a little heavy. Tastes more like a Scotch ale. I mean, it's not a bass, right? Mm-mm. It's not. It's not dark enough for a bass. So, it's not Boddington's. No, it's not a pub ale. So we're probably not thinking of English beers at this point. No, we're thinking of Scottish beers. No, Scottish beers. Well, the wee heavy. Yeah, got the wee heavy. Got the heavy. You got Scotch ale. You got black ales. Scotch ale, if it's a Scotch ale, it's it's really a light one. But that nitro, okay, that nitro is going to bubble it up where it's lighter. Okay. I'm going to make a, a stab at it, Josh. I'm going to land the plane, and it may be a plane wreck, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's a Scotch ale that's nitro. Okay. All right. You'll have to come back next week to find out. Whether he's right or whether he's wrong. And next week's going to be a liquor week. Not quite sure what we're going to do because I'm going to be working on, I'm still working on getting us a guest for that episode. So come back next week and find out what liquors we're going to do or watch the socials. Remember out there on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Most active out there on Instagram. You can shoot us an email, acquiredtasties at gmail.com. And I'm going to take pictures of all my liquor cabinets and just make sure that they don't uh, touch them. If you'd like to be in, if you'd like to (laughs) reach out to the show, if you like what we're doing, please hit that subscribe, follow, like button on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a rating and review out there. We'd love, we'd love to see that from you. So great little episode, Dad. Oh, I loved it. You know, we had some good food, comfort food and Belgian food. Good food and good beer. Ooh, so, beer. Good time was to be had. So, for all of us here at Acquired Tastings, once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.